for dropping by and welcome to another episode of Coming Out Stories from What Goes On Media with me, Emma Goswell. In this episode, you're going to hear from Jamie. He's now an out and proud musician, but as he explained, he wasn't always glad to be gay. I didn't want to be gay, to be honest. So I was born in 74 and when I was coming out, it was 21 legally. And I suppose all the culture around me and all those little things that you hear, you know, like Nancy boy and shirtlifter and, you know, so many. Was that directed at you or just general? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. And sometimes in humour. I think a lot of it was disguised with humour. So at school, there was nothing directed at me other than the fact that I stood out because I didn't really join a gang. I, I used to come in with like a dyed blonde fringe from a family of hairdressers. So there's always like bleach around. <laughs> Nobody else was allowed to do that. So the girls thought I was cool. Yeah. I used to go from gang to gang, really, sort of flit in and out. And I, I quite liked the awkward people or the people that were stood on their own or just with one other person that stood out because they were different. I Even back then, I, I really liked getting to know those people. They, to me, they were more interesting. I wasn't really interested in being cool. So essentially, I've spoken to a lot of LGBT people who say that you know before you realise your sexuality, because as a child you're not sexualised, but you realise somehow, don't you, that you are other, yeah. and it oh, kind of comes yeah. across in different ways, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I couldn't understand why I didn't have any interest in sport. You know, my family are really into football, and at school, I mean, I, I quite got into rugby, but for different reasons than other people did. You know, I quite liked being chased by the boys, <laughs> <laughs> and the scrum was especially that first time getting in a scrum and feeling people hug you, you know, like my age, boys, yeah. that might have quite fancied. That, to me, that was quite a little moment. Obviously, can talk about it. It does look quite a homoerotic sport now, yeah. it, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. But uh, I'd never been in that position before, you know, in a scrum. And then when you have the ball, you know, you've got to, everyone starts running at you. And I quite liked the excitement of that. But I didn't, I didn't really fully understand why until later. Right. So was there a moment where you had your sort of first crush where you thought, oh, hang on a minute, this is meaning something now? For me, I was quite repressed. So I would say the first thing I remember is probably when I was about 16, to be honest. And we we located from Bristol to Devon in the like there were six houses in the middle of this farm. Um, And the boy next door was very pleasing to the eye. And I ended up moving in with him, actually. Um, he identifies as a straight chap, although we did have some sort of scuffles. When you say scuffles, you mean dalliances? Do you mean... Yeah, nothing, nothing sex-wise, but um, definitely enjoyed kind of rolling, rolling around, role-playing and um, seeing who was the strongest on the floor. You know what like boys do. Okay. <laughs> and that felt quite nice. Whether he, he did or not, I don't know. I mean, I would have said yes, but I mean, he used to come up to my, my room, but obviously I really fancied him as well. So he must have maybe picked up on that. So you essentially mates who moved in together. Well, yeah, but he he also uh, lived with his girlfriend and I was friends with them both. So, you know, in my head, it wasn't going to go anywhere, but that didn't stop me like looking at him coming out of the bath in a towel. And so that was my first kind of real where I thought, mm, I really am into this person. And did you ever tell him? No, mm. no, God, no. Too scary. <laughs> yeah, I was too repressed. I didn't fully understand it myself back then. It, again, it didn't come until later, probably when I was about 18. I mean, I, I was in Devon for two years and then moved back. 
I started coming back on weekends to explore clubs and that with my uncle, who's not, wasn't really an uncle, he's a family friend. I was going to say that's odd to go clubbing with your uncle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was quite cool. And he, he knew, he, he used to say to me, you know, he used to talk about it. He, in fact, it wasn't a question. He never used to say, are you gay? He used to say, you're gay. <laughs> but in a, in a nice way, you know. And the first time he said that to you, did you think, hang on a minute? I was shocked. I was shocked because I didn't fully understand it myself. Yeah. I was attracted to that lifestyle, you know, in magazines or, but, but adapting that onto me in my life no I was too fearful I, I couldn't I couldn't see myself as living as, as a gay man and when I met the person in Devon I actually wanted to be like him you know because he was popular with the girls and his life just seemed so simple compared to mine let's just go back to your uncle then because that's interesting that, yeah you know, an uncle would um well, he's a family friend was he wasn't a family friend that knew me all my life, really. Yeah. One of those uncles in inverted commas, yeah. Gunkle, okay. so K. Okay. Gunkle. Yeah. So was he, was he gay then, yeah? Yeah, very okay. gay. And he totally <laughs> spotted it in you then and wanted oh. to be like your sort of mentor or something. From and... When he used to look after us when we were young, when it was just us, he would babysit oh. for me. We'd dress up in my mother's clothes, you know. He, I, he would be the queen mum and I would be the queen. Uh, we just would laugh. You know, it was very freeing with him. But he never exposed me or anything. But he used to just say directly, you're gay. At any point, were your parents aware that he was saying this to you or aware that you were dressing up as the Queen Mother together? Or... No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, Gosh. my parents were done by the time I was two. So so my coming out to them was separate. I, I thought there was going to be a big problem with my dad because he used to sort of say things like Nancy Boy and Shirtlifter, but not... <sighs> he, he said it with humour. But he was he was also an odd man, so and I didn't know that he had any gay friends or anything like that. And also those terms are derogatory, they're not yeah. meant to be endearing, are they? No, no. Whereas my mum had gay friends mm. and she ha- obviously my uncle, Gunkle. <laughs> was, was she the hairdresser then, surrounded by no, gay men? She was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she was, yeah, yeah. And she was quite free with it. But uh, you know, back then people used to say all oh, used to refer to gay people as, you know, all oh, one of them, didn't they? Yeah, or call call them queer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I never heard that word queer until later on, mm. must say. But definitely, you know, a very John Inman and, you know, all one of them and all, you know. You They've know. got a touch of lavender about them. Yes, or he's a very colourful chap, isn't he? You know, oh, that. flamboyant. That's usually the word. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you mean that? I remember someone telling me once about a, a politician in Manchester and saying, oh, I think you'll like this politician when you interview them because they're very flamboyant. I'm like, are you trying to tell me they're gay? What a yeah. ridiculous thing to say. And a nice flancy shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just bizarre. So you obviously did tell your parents then you were gay at some point. You obviously got the courage to... No. Well, you know? I, I did, but no, I didn't, I didn't feel that I had the courage. Not with my mum. I mean, mm. we were driving in a car... I'd moved back to Bristol at this point, so I think it was about 93, so I would have been 18, 19. Mm-hmm. We were just driving in the car, and she just made it really easy for me, you know, looking back. But at the time, she just said, so are you gay then? And I was like, of course I'm not. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know why I couldn't just say those few short words. I just couldn't do it. But do you think she asked, she obviously asked you that because she thought she knew, yeah? Well, she, she knew, obviously. She, mm. I mean, she bought me a dressing up 
encouraged the dressing up box, you know, when we were younger, although she didn't see the, me dressing up as a queen and that would be gone cool. She definitely provided me with whatever I wanted to play with. You know, if I wanted to play with a girl's doll, she didn't make me feel bad about it. She encouraged it. So she was cool like that. And also, why do mothers always have these conversations when you're in a car? Because you can't escape, can you? Exactly. They lock you can't in. Escape. And I think she was just, she obviously saw that I was struggling and just thought, oh, just slip it in as if it's like, you know, we're just going to get some milk. And by the way, are you gay? <laughs> but I was mortified. I was like, no. Did you just totally block down said, then no, and not, not answer? Yeah, mm. I just said I'm not. No, I denied it straight away. God, I remember my mother once get me in the car. Um, and we'd, I don't remember where we were going. That wasn't important, really. And she just um, said to me, and it was quite early on in me, in my gay youth, you know, yeah. I'd come out maybe six months before. So it was all very new. And she literally turned to me and said, so, Emma, tell me about your new lover. I was like, ah! <laughs> Mum, never use that word in front of me ever again. I don't want to talk about my sex life to you. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Oh, God. So did she bring it up again? Because you, you closed the conversation down. She didn't, no. We just carried on. And then I suppose I got thinking about it, you know, and then I was obviously talked to my uncle about it and explore it a bit more. And he used to just say, well, yeah, you know, you're a raving wofter. <laughs> just get on with it like I had to, you know, that kind of. So I did have people looking out for me. And that, it was not about 95, 96 when I came out to my dad but already that relationship had broken down I already didn't really like him so um, I was now with a new chap that I'd met at this uh, a club called Just um we were in a little bed sit living together and we we used to be quite nocturnal and uh, mm. we dared each other and he dared me to write and tell my dad I was gay <gasps> but me being me I can just say oh, by the way dad I'm gay and send a sweet normal letter you know I had to I told him I was a bisexual transvestite <laughs> And I wanted the whole world to know. Was this the late night drunken letter by any chance, Jamie? I suppose we were a bit drunk, think about it, yeah. So tell us what you said to your father in a letter. I told him I was a bisexual transvestite and that I wanted everyone to know. And were you? No. <laughs> but I thought, well, he's going to hate me anyway, so why not just... I, I was expecting something really horrible back. Yeah. Not that I'd seen it be particularly nasty, but because of the comments here and there, you know, about, well, like I said, shirtlifter, Nancy boy, that mm. kind of thing that, that he did say to me, but especially Nancy boy, if I was being a bit, if I was crying or something like that. Oh, because you weren't being masculine enough for exactly, him. Exactly, exactly. Mm. So I was already, because I didn't really care about him at that stage, I don't know, I'm quite, in the moment, I can be quite humorous and think about the consequences later you know but I love a dare it sounds like, the worst, like it the worst thing you could do is dare and I, I just thought well he's, it doesn't matter anyway let's, so let's just do that and we were off we went to the post box he was like you're not going to put it in and it went <laughs> and then I actually got a really lovely letter back which I was really surprised about and he told me that he somebody at work had come out to him and he was quite concerned that I wanted everyone to know about it and he sort of went on to say about you know it can be quite difficult and people can get abuse and this and the other. He was very concerned about that bit. <laughs> but he was coming from a, a caring, compassionate place, I guess. Absolutely. But I was quite shocked because I was yeah. expecting, well, you know, son of mine. And I don't know why I was expecting that. Did you keep the letter? I did. I don't, I don't know if I've got it anymore, but I did for a long time. Yeah. And then did you ever have a proper conversation and say, I'm not actually bisexual. I'm not actually a transvestite, but I am yeah. a gay man. 
Yeah, well, because he went around the... I, I think he read between the lines anyway. He he actually went around the family telling telling them. So he kind of made it easy for me in that way. Mm. Or took that away from me, whichever way you want to look at it. I, I actually didn't mind that he did that. It sort of did me a favour, really. He told his mum and, and my aunties and uncles, you know, that I was gay. And you were relieved? or Because some people, you know, don't like that control being taken away from them, really. It's their decision to who they I was tell. quite relieved because I, I was still wasn't really that comfortable in identifying as, you know, the new me. Mm. I felt exposed. Uh, that, and that took a good couple of years to get used to, I must say. So that's nice that he surprised you then with his yeah, compassion and nice. his understanding. Yeah. yeah. And then your mum eventually, I'm guessing, told her... I actually don't remember. I don't think we even really had that conversation. I think I just got on with it or I can't really pinpoint because of the only thing I really remember is that in the car, her mm. asking me. After that, I think I just kind of come to the conclusion that oh, she knows anyway. Yeah, Mum, I'm just going off to the local gay bar. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, 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 I'll tell you what. She came to a gay club, my gay uncle. Yeah. She came out to a gay club. Yeah, so we didn't really talk about it, but we all went to this gay club together. And my mum sort of dressed as Madonna and put some cones on her and was just life and soul, you know. And I was... Wow. I was like, oh, I don't really want to see my mum doing that. Oh, but I bet everyone else thought your mother was amazing. Everybody. Everybody but me. (laughs) I was in the corner going, I suppose I wanted to be that life and soul person, which would come later. You wanted uh, to be Madonna with the big boobies. Absolutely. At that stage, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Didn't we all? <laughs> How often did you go out to gay clubs with your mum and your uncle then? That sounds fun. So not much with mum, mm. but quite a lot with uncle. I think I first went when I was 16. He took me to this little club called Oasis. And I remember somebody tinkling on the piano. It was a Sunday night. Mm. I mean, if you think about it, 21 was the legal age and I was allowed into a club at 16 and I must have been drinking pints breaking well, several laws probably loads then. of laws loads of, yeah. I mean I, I do remember somebody waving some money at me and being quite kind this chap and then my uncle came over and sort of grabbed me and said oh he's with me and I thought what are you doing that for he's just that that shows you how naive I was mm. I wasn't switched on really so he sounds really instrumental in your sort of coming out process then the really it, yeah really yeah. really was yeah and he was popular he was well-known on the scene and popular. So he used to introduce me as his nephew as well, even though, like I said, we're not related at all. Wow, everyone needs a gunkle, don't they? Or yeah. what's, the, what's the lesbian equivalent of a gunkle? I don't know. <laughs> we need to find one. Yeah, we do, don't we? <laughs> that would be fantastic if we could have someone like that in our family to like yeah. actually take us to gay But people. like I said, my actual uncles and aunties didn't even have that conversation with me. No. So maybe it takes a special family friend Gunkle to do that. Yeah, fantastic. So no looking back. But then presumably you introduced your mum to boyfriends over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Um nobody ever liked my boyfriends. I always picked bad men. Oh, no, <laughs> Until but you know, I did sort it out. I am with one now for about thirteen years. Wow. Um, so that it did come good in the end. But no, I think a lot of people are like, Oh, what are you doing? You know. And have you tied the knot, Jamie? Because you can no, do that these days. I know. No, you've not, not no, got when it first came as a, an option, we did toy with the idea and then we both realised that actually we, we're not really big fans of weddings, to be honest. I mean, I have been to some lovely ones, don't get me wrong. Mm. Been to some dreadful ones too. 
if we were going to do it, we were going to do it in Iceland um, by waterfall. Oh. And we saw, I saw this picture of um, just two guys in sort of Icelandic wool, you know, jumpers with hats on by the waterfall. Very simple. I thought, oh, that's quite us. But then we sort of thought, oh, who wants to organise in it? You know, not me, not me. So, uh, yeah, I think that tells us everything we need to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And, and I think a lot of people yeah. from our generation, because we're about the same age, yeah. just never, ever expected it to happen. Not at and all. My, my dad spent a fortune on my 21st birthday party and actually said to me, you might as well have this money now because I'm never going to be spending it on your wedding. Oh. <laughs> you know, because he never thought it would happen. And then, There's a you certain know, sadness to that from his point of view. Well, yeah, Maybe. yeah. I think he was a bit sad. Yeah. He thought I'd never get married, and yeah. you know, as he said to me, and you'll never have children. But then, you know, that's not to stop any LGBT people doing going down that road now. Absolutely, every you know, everything is an option these days, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like, well, well, in this country, yeah. But it's interesting that a lot of our generation don't jump at it and don't because we never expected it. And I think part of us just, I think there's also some sort of political leaning in terms of. I don't want to be part of the patriarchy and I don't want to be part of the establishment. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So what has it been like then coming out to other people throughout your life? Because it is an ongoing process. Totally. Um, you, you know, you whenever you meet a new group of people or start a new job, that's it. You do. I mean, I know you, I know yeah. you're a musician, but have you got a serious yeah. job as well that you've had to come out to people in? I am a part-time support worker for a charity that supports people, adults with learning disabilities. So yes, I, I am out in that job, at my current job. I've been in that job for about 17 years. Prior to that, I worked at the BRI in Bristol. And I made a decision when I started that I would tell them on day one that I was gay. Because my job before that, I worked at the Bristol Hippodrome. And I didn't tell anyone I was gay. In the theatre, darling. I know. What am I like? I'm Only closeted not... gay in the theatre. <laughs> exactly. I'm just not wired right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if there's anywhere I could do it in the theatre, and, and I just couldn't. I don't know why. It's a confidence thing, though, isn't it, sometimes? And I think... I think I was going... Those were my butch years. You know, I was sort of... Had my hair, long hair, scraped back, big black coat. I think I was just experimenting with being a bit butch. It it becomes easier the more you do it, though, I think, coming out, doesn't yeah. it? So oh, more, totally. You know, you're now at the stage where you can start a new job and go on day one, this is me, I'm a, I happen to be a gay man, that's just part of my that's part of my CV. Sure. I mean, there were plenty of jobs that I had before that that didn't mm. mention it at all. Mm. But do you find it helps being out at work? Oh, yeah, because I just have to do me these days, you know? Mm. I If I have to repress anything, actually, it just makes me feel ill thought of it but back then i was just used to that feeling it's not good is it but it's not good for our mental health to be in the closet and suppressing who we are no no so the the lovely thing about when i started work at the bri with all those lovely nurses i was working with so many women i just knew that you know they were going to be saying what do you think he's gay or you know asking like you said earlier asking those Mm. questions did you do anything nice on the weekend did you go to any clubs or I was like, yes, I went to a gay club. I said that literally on my first day around the nurses station. I was asked that question. And then this this lady stood up. She said, hello, I'm so-and-so and so-and-so. And I'm straight. And we, <laughs> we formed a friendship instantly, you know. I love that, I love that she came out to you as straight. I know, I know. And the, um, <laughs> the matron, who I also get on very well with, 
she just said, oh, you don't have to tell them anything, you know? She was sort of jumped in straight away. And I was like, no, I want to. I met, I'd already preempted it and made that decision that I was going to mm. do that. Just wanted to diffuse it, get it out of the way, That's and then true. I could just begin. And then if you do it on day one, you don't have to worry about it then, do you? And it because did. You... I would do it again. Generally speaking, if you just tell a couple of people in a workplace, it'll get round. Exactly. I, should, I could have maybe bided my time and told the person I thought was going to spread it. But I just thought, no, I'm going to just, and, and I must have announced it to, I don't know, seven or eight people around that nurse's station. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. and it really did help. I mean, I, I, and I, I'm still really close friends with a few people f- from those days now. Mm. And of course, your other work, you are in a punk electronica band. How would you describe it? Yeah, well, I'm in two bands. I mean, yeah, so I, I sort of call our genre um, electronic handbag punk. Well, I've never heard of that, but I absolutely love it already. Absolutely. Well, that's because we made it up. Um, and so there's a band I've been in for like six years called This Human Condition. We're on a break at the moment. So in lockdown, I formed a new band called Flux with my friend Richard. And we've released one track called Handbag Punk because I'm exploring the handbag punk thing because I think that's got legs. I think it's got legs. I, when, yeah. when, lo- when lockdown's over and everything's back to normal, I want to see you, you know, performing in a gay bar in Bristol or at the RDT. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, handbag yeah. punk. I want, I want that to be the next <sighs> big thing for 2021. Handbag punk. Yeah. Well, it, we released it last September and it did actually do really quite well. Yeah. yeah. Really well received. But I, I would love to do that in the RBT. One of my favourite venues. It's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. It's just it's just next level. But yeah. um, I'm guessing in that sort of role, then you know that you're selling part of your image is is being queer, is being LGBT. I'm totally, it? I'm totally yeah. open and out now. In fact, I mean, I've I've written songs about Alan Turing, about um, Mark Ashton. I really want to weave that in. You know, a part mm. of our our culture and history is important. But who'd have thought you could merge LGBT history with punk and electronica music? <laughs> it's know, just genius, James. Musically, I've never felt gay musically, if that's a thing. Actually, this is quite funny. So when I moved from Bristol to Devon, I was kind of listening to a lot of Stock Aiken and Waterman, Sonia in particular. I did like that, I will confess. I moved to Devon, and within the space of a few weeks, I'm listening to Led Zeppelin, Bob Marley. (laughs) I was musically saved. (laughs) Sounds like you were. I think you got into Sonia around about the time she was doing Eurovision. That's probably why. Oh, no, it was the Nothing Will Stop Me Loving You song. Something about that I quite liked. I I was just loved. I'll never live that down, will I? No. Fair (laughs) enough. So before you go, um, any words of wisdom in terms of advice to other people coming out? Because it's a few decades now since since you did the deed. What would you say to people now going through the process? Just trust your instinct try and do you it sounds so simple doesn't it to to say just be yourself and if it were that simple everyone would be doing it mm. <laughs> i would just pick one person you trust and start start there Fabulous. and if you've got a, a gunkle um by the way yeah. we should explain that means gay uncle yeah, um, yeah then um quids in by the sounds of it i mean if i'd have discovered your book for instance when i was at that age that could have really helped me or, I mean, things like Boy George helped me. I identified with him, you know. But you're right. There wasn't a lot in the 1980s, was there, really, to, to grasp, grasp onto? No. And, I mean, even Elton John was married in the 80s, wasn't he? Yeah. And so George Michael was straight. Exactly. Apparently. <laughs> it was the kind of times we were living in. <laughs> <laughs> and here's to a brighter future where we can see you performing your handbag. What's it called again? Handbag Ham- Punk. 
Hamburg punk in a yeah, venue near you. <laughs> everyone needs a bit of Hamburg punk in their life. <laughs> <laughs> and Jamie's new solo single, Divulge, is out now. And if you want to find out more, he is at Mr. Jamie Jamal and at Flux Music UK on all of the socials. A big thank you to Jamie for mentioning our book and saying that he wished that it was around in the 80s as it would have really helped him. I kind of wish that too, actually. Well, the good news is Coming Out Stories is out now, edited by myself, Emma Goswell and Sam Walker. Maybe if you're already out and proud, buy it for a young person in your life. Next week, you'll hear one of the most dramatic and terrifying reactions I've ever heard to someone coming out. Raga grew up in India as a Catholic and her mum struggled so much with her daughter's sexuality, she actually threatened her with a knife. I I really genuinely thought we we were being burgled. And I was quiet and suddenly I saw this figure coming close to me and just as I opened my eyes, I saw my mum, you know, breathing and you just know your mum's smell and voice, right? Mm. And I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you. And there was this big loud noise and... I had to fight her off and I had to tell, uh, put my kids to sleep. And, and she was genuinely, really, really distressed and angry. 